You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Cordell, so we got the good out the way. Um, This is actually the ugly. You know, somebody will say it's the good, the bad, and the ugly, but I'm sorry. This is the ugly. Um, And it's sad because... It's sad because it it, it wasn't always ugly. It, it, the, the whole offensive, you know, game was not always ugly. But how it ended is what's ugly. And that's what makes this an ugly part as opposed to a bad part. So let's just start with, it's not funny, but I, I, I cannot stop laughing, Cordell, at the ideal that a guy who was six feet even maybe thought that at the two yard line, he thought he was going to jump over linemen that are a minimum six, four and higher to get into the end zone so they can score. <laughs> Wasn't even yeah. inside the one. Wasn't even yeah. inside. That, I think that that's the part that, that baffles me the most Cordell is that they was at the two yard line. So you thought that you was going to jump two feet. And you six feet? I don't. I don't understand the logic behind the decision to jump uh, <laughs> over the over the line, reach the ball. Reaching the ball out is the more egregious thing to me. If you're going to jump, okay. I mean, whatever. That you know, just don't compound a bad decision with another bad decision. When you're jumping over, you, you to reach the ball out. I mean, you you can't protect the ball at that point. It's either you're going to break the plane or you're going to fumble. It's one of right. the two. Right. And you, you're, you're so far out. I'm not, I, I wasn't in love with the play call to begin with. I would have preferred, especially considering it's third down, I would have preferred yeah. to, and it sounded like from John who talked after the game, he said that they were looking at a two down situation right there. Yeah. So it seems like they were going to go for it anyway. Cool. But they do that on fourth down. They do that on fourth yeah, that's, down. I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. If you're going to do, if you're going for it anyway, why not give it to JK or Gus and see if they can, if not score, get you inside the one to where it's you're literally inches away from the goal line. And then if you yep. want to do the quarterback sneak from that point, I'm I'm cool with that. But to do the quarterback sneak on the, I mean, that was a long yard. The ball, I, I, I took some screenshots and I put it up on Twitter. Like the ball is marked at the beginning of the one yard little marker on the field so that that little hash so that is the longest yard possible and then you can see in the separate screenshot that i put up they got zero push there was no push from the interior even if he was supposed to go low he would have he probably would have lost a yard to be honest with you he he, he would have lost a yard he, he wasn't going anywhere they didn't make any push he wasn't going to squeak through the middle of the line i, I just I think that is one of the things that has burnt this team all year. Poor red zone play calling, poor short yardage play calling, 
poor fourth down play calling. And, and just, poor execution, because I'm not going to give poor, I'm not gonna give players execution. the benefit poor, of the doubt poor either. Execution. No doubt, no doubt, poor execution uh, as, as well. It's it's all of the things that have haunted this team all year. And and what did it do? It literally cost them their season. It cost them their season. Oh, J.K. Dobbins was very vocal after the game, letting it be known he felt like he should have been more involved. He wants this team to lean on him and give him the ball. And Rita, we talked about it a little bit on the post game show. I, is sometimes if I didn't if I didn't cover the Ravens, if I was a guy that watched the Ravens every blue moon, you know, only watched them on prime time or something like that, I almost would not know who the who the main running back is on this team. I really would. <laughs> and, and, and that's not a slight at Gus Edwards. I love Gus Edwards, but you have to go with your workhorse at, at a to a degree. Your backup is your backup. And your starter is your starter. You can't go out there and say, oh, I got a 1A starter and a 1B guy. Like, they're, they're, it's, it's tough. These running backs live off of getting in a rhythm, being able to wear defenses down. The more carries they get, they are late in the game. It's tough for a running back to get into any type of groove when you're getting 13 carries in a game. I mean, and I, I just – for Dobbins, I don't think that he said the things that he said after the game to kind of throw the team under the bus. I think he was just genuinely frustrated. And because if you heard him talk on Friday, he said that, you know, he was ready for the team to kind of ride his back and he, and he take them, you know, to the divisional round. Like yeah. he was ready to be the guy and carry the load. And he felt like he was robbed of that. And he's been robbed of that really since he's been in Baltimore. I mean, you think back to his rookie year, they were reluctant yeah. to kind of, give him the keys because Mark Ingram was there. And I get it. Mark Ingram had came off of a career year the year yep. before, but it was evident earlier in that year that Mark Ingram was not still that same guy. The Ravens waited way too long uh, to give J.K. Dobbins the keys to the car. Then fast forward the next year, he's hurt in preseason. And he continues to bring that up, how he was hurt in the preseason and basically was robbed of a year. And then even this year, he comes back. He's not all the way right. He goes against the scope. It comes back, and he's the leading rusher in the league since he has returned. Yeah. This is a guy that has shown he can play. And they have, they've been – Greg Roman has gotten in his own way. Even if we sit here and say, okay, Gus Edwards, we he, you got to keep him involved. I'm for that. But how do you explain taking carries away from J.K. Dobbins to give them to Mark Andrews? I mean, how do you explain this? <laughs> This is these are the things that I'm talking about when I say Greg Roman gets in his own way. We it, we've seen it too many times, and I'm not trying to make this the Greg Roman bash show or anything like that. Yeah, but you you just saw a lot of things in this game that have led all of us to say that he needs to go. Uh, it, it's just the play calling sequence, the things of just getting too cute. I mean, this yeah. is the last yeah. offense in the NFL that should be getting too cute. They should be the most blandest the basic the basic b offense it it should literally be you know we're going to run the ball but we're going to do it anyway because you can't you can't stop me and instead of being that team because that's who you pride yourself on being that's how you built your roster you built your roster to be this team that dominates on the ground you built your roster to be the best rushing offense in the nfl why do you continuously fight who you are 
I don't I don't understand it um, because they'll tell you they got all the they built this offense to for Greg Roman system. And then Greg Roman will get out there and call the game as if he's got the Chiefs offense or yep. something like that. I, I just it's a huge disconnect right there. Um, and I, I feel like too many times whether it's the players being let down by the coaches or the players letting letting each other down due to their execution. It's, it's just been a lot of that. And for them to lose the way that they lost Sunday night, it, it, it really is a symbol, I think, of how this season has gone for them. You think back to the early part of the season where they're dominant leads and they still find a way to lose those games. The Ravens have found ways to lose all season yep. and it just so fittingly they found a way to lose in the postseason as well when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I agree. I want to go back to something, to the whole thing that JK said, because we, we know that there's a couple of comments out there. And, and you know, one of the things that he, you know, said was obviously he was pissed about the fact because he, he, he could not understand why he was not getting the ball again, like you said, after he scored, uh, especially the effort that he had, you know. But then once again, he doesn't even get the ball. Um, he also made another comment that I didn't care for about, you know, well, if Lamar was playing, we the one. And I think that, you know, I think that we all think that. I don't think that you, I think that that's very unnecessary for you to say. I don't think you should be throwing your teammates under the bus, but I think that that's a lot of um, immaturity on JK's part. Um, that being said, I don't, I don't, I, I understand his frustration. I understand why he feels the way that he does. And, you know, I think that, you know, you you look at his career's uh, numbers and he hasn't gotten more than 17 carries in a game. At minimum, J.K. Dobbins should get 20 carries in a game. And, yes, we know that you gave Gus Edwards an extension. And I don't care about that. I don't care about any of that if I'm trying to win a playoff game. Gus will be fine. OK, Gus was OK a couple weeks ago when you didn't see when y'all complained about not seeing Gus Edwards a couple weeks ago in the Steelers game. We was just we was doing just fine in, in that regard. So if you had to take a couple of Gus's carries away in order to get JK um, some carries, then that's what you needed to do. But you didn't even have to do that, because like you already mentioned, Cordell, there was some plays in there that you was just giving up the people that made no sense when you should have just given it to your running backs to begin with. So. His frustrations are completely understandable. I have a problem with how he goes about doing it because I think sometimes that he says things that are detrimental to the team that he plays for. Uh, but I understand. I, I complete. But I understand though. I, I understand when you are passionate about something and you feel like you can make a difference on a team, particularly a team that that's supposed to be a running team, then you feel the way that you do and so the Ravens got a lot of soul searching to do because no way you sit here and talk about how proud you are to be this offense that runs and what they'll try to say is well we still ran more than we passed and that's fine yes that's what you were supposed to do with a backup quarterback let's start there you don't get 
cookies for doing what you were supposed to do. But what you were supposed to do is allow your best players to get the ball. What happened in the Giants game earlier? We saw Saquon Barkley continuously get the ball, whether it be in the passing game, whether it be in the running game. He's literally their best player, and they don't care if you know it. They don't care if you try to defend it. They're going to give Saquon Barkley the ball at all costs. If J.K. Dobbins and Mark Andrews are two of your best players on this offense, they are the two people who should be getting the jar the majority of the work and everybody else can be sprinkled in between and that's how I feel about that and the Ravens to me it's a fireable offense from Greg Roman because you clearly were here to create an offense that was run design that went to Lamar's strengths okay and then you got Tyler Huntley, who has a similar game to Lamar in terms of like running the ball and such, right? Then you find ways to not do that. You haven't really been consistent with doing that, honestly, Cordell, for the last two seasons. He hasn't been consistent in just trying to stay with the run. And you don't have the personnel to be passing the ball the way you'd like to think that you do. So there's a big problem here. You already mentioned that there's a disconnect but there's a big problem here with uh, players doing what they think that they should be doing. And I'm talking about Tyler Huntley instead of just doing what they should have been doing and the play calling and not getting your best players in position to be those guys that lifts you up when you need them to. Because if the Ravens score, if they score seven points there and then not turn that ball over, you got to believe that you completely take the wind out of the sails for the Bengals. You got to believe that because they didn't, they do not see that coming yeah. at all. Yeah. They are over cocky. And yes, I, I, I confident. I, I don't think that this is a confident team. I think that they're over cocky team. Mm-hmm. I think that they thought that they, that this was going to be easy. And by easy, I don't mean that they thought that they were going to dominate. It's a division rival. That's, that's never going to be easy, but I definitely thought that this was going to be just an easy situation for them to move on to the next round. Controlled. Yeah. They yes. thought they'd be able to control the game. They didn't think yes. it would get to the point to where it was, where the Ravens had got to the goal line. And it's like, Oh man, they got all the momentum. Yeah. They score here. I mean, now you, the now they're back to the Cincinnati. wall. Yeah, because now Cincinnati's got to go get another touchdown just to tie the game, and this is a defense that has had their number all season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't think that they thought that they'd be in that position to where they were really in risk at risk of losing yep. the game. Because I, I, I truly believe that the Ravens are able to punch it in right there. They they win. They the win. Game. They win. Um, I I just it, it's tough because I know Tyler Huntley is well-liked in the locker room. Um, I just would, I, I just wonder how people, it, it's just tough as a teammate, I would think, to deal with him after the game because you're you're naturally frustrated. Of course. You know, what, you know what the call was. You know what he was supposed to do. And then you see what he does and then what the result was. And it's like, man. I mean, and, and then to see Mark Andrews running down the field, trying to get the stop and we talked to him in the locker room and he's like you know his mentality was just keep playing try to somehow get tackle the guy and let your defense get on the field and maybe the defense holds them to three and you know they still got a shot which is very very possible or even get um, a block in the back called yeah i mean the, nice. the block in the back paul the, the black and block in the back call it is i just wonder just being a teammate in the locker room. I don't know how I would have responded, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I like to think I'm a naturally nice guy and I'm a, a mature guy, but 
man, that that's going to test it. That that's going to test how good of a teammate you are uh, when you see a guy kind of go roll <laughs> the way Tyler Huntley did, <laughs> and it ultimately ends up costing you your season. I don't I don't know what you can say to a guy like that um, at that time, but the, the, they're their own worst enemy. You know, the Ravens have been their own worst enemy all season. Yeah. This, this, this is just what they've been. They're good. They're good enough. And I think that's almost to a detriment. They realize how feisty they are. They realize how prepared they are for these games. They realize how much they can compete with really any team that they face. And, they, and I think it gives them this illusion that they can make these mistakes throughout the game that they can kind of recover from. Yep. And you can't. You can't. You're not that team. You're 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 not that team to be able to go out there and you know stink it up for a half or have these mental errors. Especially the thing with the Ravens is they all of their mistakes seems to happen in key moments, whether it's coaching or whether it's player execution or whatever it is. It just seems like anytime you make a mistake, it's truly detrimental to the outcome of the game for them. Um, and they're just not afforded the opportunity to do what Buffalo did against Miami and have consecutive drives of turnovers. And then all of a sudden it's cool. You know, we could, we're going to come back and we're going to score 17 points out of nowhere. It's okay. Like you, you're not afforded that opportunity. Um, they've got a lot of soul searching to do this offseason. I expect this team to look totally different uh, from the, from the coaching staff to the personnel on the, on the field, they're going to have to make a commitment uh, to the offensive side of the ball this offseason. We know defensively they're always locked in over there. They're always looking to improve the defense. And I'm sure in their minds they feel like they're also looking to improve the offense as well. But they have got to make the commitment this offseason to putting the offense in the, in, the, in the driver's seat and making it so that they, uh, that they can uh, be, the team, be the offense that can kind of carry the load for these guys going forward. And before we end this segment, Cordell, I will not, I refuse not to acknowledge the fact that James Prochet had an opportunity to make himself a loved figure in this town after really not contributing much at all this season and still found a way to not do just that. I'm not going to ever, I'm just not going to ever forget it. And I just, I, I don't know how to feel about it because what did we expect from him to begin with? But you had an opportunity to catch the potential tying touchdown to go into overtime and you just didn't. And that really just says a lot about this season as a whole and how, you know, everything just turned out to be. It just, you was good enough, but not quite. Eight times this year when you lost some football games. So I, I'm just, I'm sorry. I can't close the segment. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because it, and I don't want, I don't want to jump on James Prochet. He's actually a really cool guy. He's, he is nice. You know, he, he engages. But I, I, I don't look, I don't, we don't, we don't care about, we yeah. don't care about nice yeah, old game days. I'm not, sorry. Not, not today. Uh, this is a guy that hasn't made a single play all season, Rita. I mean, a single play. He hasn't made a single play all season. There, you, you can't really put together a James Prochet highlight reel this year. <laughs> um, unless it's going to be of his bloopers. And the I mean that if he and I get it, it's a it's a tough play to make, but I would imagine 
he's back there because that's how they practice it. He's the guy that's there in case the ball is tipped in case the way it was. You know, that's that's I, I, you look at a lot of these Hail Marys. You got the receiver that's initially there to make the play. And then there's always somebody behind the pile that looked like his role. So it's practiced, I would assume. For a guy that hasn't been able to really help this team at all this year, uh, albeit I will give him credit. I thought he did a decent job as a return guy filling in for Devin Duvernay once Duvernay went down. I thought Prochet filled in pretty well doing that. That said, um, as a wide receiver, he hasn't been able to help this offense at all this year. He makes that catch all's forgiven. It's just crazy that this guy has not been able to make a single play for this team all year. It's, it's mind-blowing. Yeah, it's just been very disappointing how this is going to end. And I just I, I don't know how the Ravens find a way to bring them back unless it's a special teams situation. So it, it, it just it just all said so much about the way that this season has turned out.